so we uh the stream hasn't started it's gonna not gonna start for another five minutes so um so yeah we're gonna talk about star wars tonight uh. um and uh so alex um what have you uh, uh have you been playing anything good lately um still finishing persona 5 that's how is that i mean like the 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 last half of the game i know the first half you were saying you were you were enjoying it but how's the last last part of parts of the game um you know it all comes together at the end everything that they've done so far means something and uh it really is a, a culmination a climax of of everything that happens throughout the rest of the game. Everything that you've done so far, the pieces start falling together to find the real, true bad guy. Now, now they're going to go beat him. Right. Um, it kind of reminds me of what I'm just finished today. Um, I finished Death Stranding. Nice. Um, okay. Um, I was thinking of a couple different movies because this isn't like an actual like game, like like the game part is the hiking because uh, people call it a walking simulator. It's a hiking simulator, which I I enjoy, and we can go get into that into another podcast of why it's so good, what why I so enjoyed that. But what well, we're not going to get into that right now. But um, so. Death Stranding, the cinematics and the story is like one of the best sci-fi movies that you, that is a cult classic, like Space Odyssey or um, Annihilation or Oblivion. Did you see Oblivion? I that don't was, think so. That was the one with, um, oh, uh, it was with uh, Tom Cruise and uh, Morgan Freeman. It, it was, it had its flaws. It was a little out there, but it was very, it was very atmospheric. And that's what this game is as far as the story. But the story has so many twists at the end like you think that the bad guy's this guy and they're like oh wait no it's this guy oh wait no it's this guy oh wait i can't believe i didn't see that it's actually been this guy the whole time and i know nothing <laughs> it was it was pretty it crazy sounds like a roller coaster it was a roller coaster um not 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 gonna lie uh, i i don't proclaimed to be a manly man um some eyes were misty um namely mine <laughs> uh I, it's really it's a really good game and it's one of the finest gaming experiences i've had in a long time um in fact as far as weight drama and weight um, the last closest one is the ending to Spider-Man. 
remember how, you know, weighty that was towards the end? Yeah. Now that I think of it, I do. Everything with Aunt May and stuff. Oh, my yeah. God. <sighs> Man. It's just... But um, another game that has a similar atmospheric narrative, like, you know how, like, Bethesda is a very good environmental storyteller? You know, everything else beside. They're a very good environmental uh, in atmosphere storyteller. Um, the... Uh, um, another another one that's like this is Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild is also very good on setting up the atmosphere. So, anyway, we can go into that more later. But it's time for the stream. So, uh, Control Shift S. Okay, I think that started it. Did that start it? I think that started it. I think that started it. Shoot, I didn't have this up already. Uh, hold on. Oh, hold on. Crap. I, d yeah, I just, I... I'm pretty sure it's good, Luke. D is it... Do, do, do you see it going? Do you see it going? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You, you see it going? It's going? It's going? So, hey, you folks. Hey! So, this is RGCWV Random Geek Culture in West Virginia. I am your host, Luke Hersey, and with me tonight is my co-host, Alex McLean. Hey, hey. Um, so, Mike is not with us today because um, he, like we said a couple weeks ago, um, that he is the administrator of the drive-in in Franklin, and they are having a drive-in movie this weekend. Uh, I think they're seeing, I think they're showing Jaws. I think that's what it is. Um great movie to show in the summertime because i mean we're not supposed to be going to the beaches anyway so how do we get people away from the beaches reshow jaws <laughs> so um but uh anyway um so i wanted to start tonight with our geek outs um we we don't always do that but um i i'm ready do you have one alex no, no, you, you go first. Okay, all right, I'll go first. So, um, Cassie for Father's Day got me uh, Jedi Fallen Order from a PlayStation. Um, they were out of town uh, for the week, and um, and whenever I go out of town, I always like to, you know, play something new, something I haven't started yet, and try to play it in its entirety i did play jedi fallen order start to finish the whole weekend like i started it friday and it was done tuesday afternoon uh but man that is such a fantastic game i i really really enjoyed it i mean it gave me some really good like star wars vibes which you should have with a Star Wars game, but that doesn't, that that's not always the case. That's not always the case. But, um, yeah, I, I, I really, really in, in enjoyed it. Alex, you've played it, right? Yeah. So something that initially kind of, uh, made, made me hesitate to get the game was I was told it plays like Dark Souls. It's super crazy, ultra hard, 
and you know it, it's a souls like they made a souls like in a star wars theme and i don't like those games dark souls they're frustrating to me they make me mad i don't like games that hard and that put me off this but i played the game and found that to be not the case at all. It's hard, yeah, but it's like the perfect amount of difficult all the time. That you do feel like everything's a threat. But that's really cool. At no point in the game do you ever feel invincible. And not that... like not like Force Unleashed. Uh, Force Unleashed, you, you were just felt invincible the entire time. Yeah, it was cool, and that's why it was called Force Unleashed, but I mean, that was kind of the Star point Wars of Force story. Unleashed, you know? Right, right. But I think that was my favorite part about the game is that everything is a threat. Nothing is one stormtrooper can get you if you let him, you know? Well, one of the things that is an appeal of Dark Souls versus um, Fallen Order was that the controls in Dark Souls are pretty tight. So whenever you die, you've died because of something you've done. And when you lose, you didn't do something right. You didn't check your corners. You didn't uh, most of the time. Sometimes it was a cheap shot. Sometimes it was a cheap shot. But in Fallen Order, there were definitely EA-isms where sometimes there was like bad glitches and problems with like the controls and stuff in certain areas. And it was like, I died because it's programmed poorly, not because there's something. It, Dark Souls is usually a, a fair losing, especially. Um, did you ever play Celeste? No, I've never played Celeste. Oh, I fantastic. have it on the list. It's fantastic platformer. If you want to play a game that's a, a good... Do you ever play Super Meat Boy? Um, yeah, shortly. It was another game that made me angry. So. Probably for the same reason as Dark Souls. But, yeah. But anyway, um, Fallen Order, definitely I would not put it in that category. Um, it's difficult, yes. But it's not like punishingly dif difficult, at least not on the scale level I had it on, which was normal through three fourths of the game. <laughs> I knocked it down. <laughs> I knocked it down a little bit on the um, oh, when you're on Kashyyyk and you fight that second uh, that second uh, Inquisitor. Um, yeah, the boss fights were pretty hard. They, yeah, they were hard. Yeah. And then uh -oh. finally, I, I knocked it down because I played it. I played through that boss fight like probably 30 times, couldn't get past it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to knock this down to to um, story mode is what it's called. And um, I ended up just leaving it there. Um, but still, uh, I mean, it was it was, it was a freaking cool game. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, but apart from that, past the controls, past the game itself, when I was playing it, it gave me a serious Knights of the Old Republic vibe. Like, 
all of the elements of the original Star Wars trilogy was in Knights of the Old Republic. And it was also in um in Jedi Fallen Order. You know, you had you had your droids, you had had the uh the 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 um the compelling story, the redemption arc, the aliens, the bounty hunters, the lightsabers, all that cool stuff, but all a story that's compelling and can be you know, change change a few of the elements, and and, and it can be a just a regular story with a regular group of people. You know, and, and that was kind of that was kind of this. You know, you've got you you've got uh, a guy that you know got gets caught up with gambling and almost gets all his friends killed, and you know you 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 got a a girl that you know she's. She she made a, a couple bad decisions and now she's beating herself up about it and it's just and that's that that is what I'm not saying that I didn't love the 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 the, the new Star Wars trilogy I'm not saying that I'm not saying that what I am saying is they can do better <laughs> it's it's highlights that Star Wars is a setting where you can tell other stories outside of what we think of as the mainline story, the, the Skywalker story, that there can be other things happening, Jedi-related or not Jedi-related, and those stories are really awesome. So, getting along with where I, where I wanted to go on this um, tonight was there is a very, very well-known story, I already mentioned it, um, that would make a perfect Star Wars trilogy. People have been talking about this for a long time, and that's Knights of the Old Republic. The first one. The first one. Um, two's okay. And Old Republic, the MMO, it had a decent story too. But Knights of the Old Republic, the Darth Revan story, would make a fantastic Disney trilogy. I think so too. Um, it is a really cool story. And like, Star Wars has to have some kind of a, a new direction, I feel like, for future movies. It's good that they're kind of gonna gonna hold off for a bit slow things down, not release a new movie every year and oversaturate. Um, there's supposedly a Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. Being oh, they're made. doing a, They're doing a Disney plus series. Oh, that's a series. That's a series. Yeah. okay. Um, and you know, those things have been pretty popular because like you mentioned, like it or not, there's a lot of pop culture outrage against the sequels. I don't agree with it either. I, I don't hate the sequels, but I just kind of worry that general opinion is going sour against uh, Star Wars movies. Except so if, for The Mandalorian. And that's, that's my point, is that the most popular Star Wars media in recent years has been side stories. The Mandalorian, Star Wars Rebels, The Clone Wars, um, the Solo movie was okay rogue one was pretty good pretty pretty all right 
I fall asleep with that. Uh, well, I don't fall asleep, but I mentally check out with Rogue One. I I think like every time. Like I I I see like uh, I, I'm uh, I watch the key points, but it's like I I that movie loses my interest. It's not perfect. I think I, I'm willing to accept things as mediocre, you know. And I feel like a lot of fans aren't willing to. They're not okay with just okay. It has to be a. It has to be a, a home Smash run every it. time. Yeah, and look, it's not gonna be, and that's the sequels. But fact of the matter is, uh, those movies got a huge backlash. I, I think was undeserved, but so be it. You know, it, it's there. The most popular Star Wars media in recent years has been side stories. So, um, one thing that I have thought about a lot is how they could adapt that Darth Revan story as a trilogy and it actually do well. Um, so, for one thing, the Darth Vader twist in the second movie is a very well-kept secret, and people, for the most part, don't spoil that. Okay? Um, that the, when, when somebody new was watching the series, for we're, we're, we're 30 years outside of almost 40? How, when did it uh, first... 60s. No, 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 no. Se- 70. 70. You're a bad 70. Star Wars fan for not knowing this. Yeah, yeah, I know. You don't know. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So, okay. so anyway. Um, 1977. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, 77. So... Now I'm a bad mathematician. Uh, 43 years. 43 years. Um, so that, 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 that secret, you know, it was kept for a very, very long time. You know, when somebody knew that hadn't seen the, the scene that, you know, they didn't let out the secret, you know, and then it became like a thing. You know, Luke, I am your father. Even though that's not a... Um, line in the movie. <laughs> um, but what I'm thinking, or, or what I have been thinking, is how they could successfully make that a trilogy, keep the twist in the middle, because that was that was one of the things that was that was great about that that game was it had the twist in the middle of the game that. I didn't see coming. The first time I played through, I didn't see coming. And I the feel like the foreshadowing was all there. The foreshadowing was there, but that's what makes a good twist. That's what makes a good twist. Just like um while well, I just finished Death Stranding and the foreshadowing is there for the big twists. Twists plural. Um <laughs> uh but yeah, that that's that's what makes good for a good a good twist is if there's lots of foreshadowing and you beat yourself up going, I can't believe I didn't see that. So, so 
Knights of the Old Republic also has the formula that makes whatever magic that makes something Star Wars, it has it. That it has a, Yeah, it has a colorful cast. Just every single member of the crew is very memorable. I hey I, I still think about lines and dialogue and stuff like that 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 they said in the game. My favorite was always HK-47. Announcement! I am about to vaporize you, meatbag! Ah, <laughs> uh, he's right. my favorite character. Um, they have really exciting characters. Whatever formula that makes it Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic has it. So, in Knights of the Old Republic, we have nine key characters. We have the... Uh, we have Dar- uh, We have the, the main main uh protagonist um which later on you find out is the used to be the bad guy um then you have um uh a, a jedi um that later turns to the dark side you've got a jedi that um is seduced by the dark side but it's up to you if she she turns or not which is really cool in that story you have a exiled jedi you have a former Mandalorian, which he is my favorite character in 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 the game. Uh, Candorus, I love him. He's he's my favorite character. Um, and then uh, you have uh, the the R two D two droid. You have the C three PO droid, which is actually a hunter killer robot, uh, which is really cool. It's like C three PO that you know runs around as a battle droid. Really cool character. Um, that's your favorite, HK-47. Um, and then you've got um, a Twi'lek girl. Um, very cool character. Um, kind of a scoundrel type. Um, and then also she's got a Wookiee companion. Um, which he's really fun too. He's a really good character. And he's not, he's not Chewbacca. That's the thing. Yeah, the, the- Zalbar is clearly a younger Wookiee. Yeah, and and he's even he's even exiled from the Wookiees. Like he he was um, he he was an outcast um, for certain story elements, which is really cool. Um, and, and every single character has such a great backstory too. I don't know if they can really cram in all of that. However, if they did a trilogy, they would have a chance to explore a lot of these characters. So you forgot T3M4, the probably the most forgettable character, but which the little the little astromech droid? Oh well, I said the I said the R2D2, or see, yeah, R2D2 like droid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And uh, did you mention Carthonassi, the dashing? Wait a minute. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, Carth. Yeah. yeah, I I knew I forgot one. I I was he, rocking my brain too. He's the Han Solo type. He's uh, a dashing rogue and all but around he's cool already, guy. He's already part of the like rebellion type. So, um, but they could actually throw him in on the first one. So here's my here's my idea. Here's my idea of how they could make that work into a trilogy. So the 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 uh, before the 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 game before the game, um, there is the Mandalorian Wars, 
where um, the the Mandalorian planet is um, basically told by the, the the Sith to you know create a civil war or not a civil war but a, a, a war against the Jedi, and they they do that, um, and um, through all the chaos, the Sith take power of the galaxy. Um, so the Mandalorians fall at the at the end of that, you know, what do you, what do you, prologue? They, they 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 are they are gone before the beginning of the uh, of the Knights of the Old Republic game. I'm saying that that should be the first movie. That the first movie should be the Mandalorian War. That should be the rise. Um, it should be okay. I had some notes on this. Um, so start with the Mandalorian War. Um, so the main and uh, the main protagonist of the story is no specific key character. I feel like the main and uh, the main protagonist should be the Jedi altogether. Okay, um, but so that one of the reasons why I'm saying that though is because the main protagonist of the next movie will be Darth Revan but in order to make Darth Revan the 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 reveal like you know a big like woo um is in this first movie they never really show Darth Revan they can show Malak Malak before he loses his jaw and he has to get the robotic jaw they can show him that would be really cool um, and they can even show him uh, a show, you know, you know, him talking about his master because Revan was his master in, um, in the Mandalorian Wars. Um, they, he could actually, you know, talk with the council, be like, we need to send you and your master off to the Mandalorian Wars. And then there be some kind of decision from the Jedi Council that Malik has to give to his master and he doesn't agree with it at all. And then he goes and fights Mandalore. And then after he defeats him, he, um, he dons the, the, the Mandalorian mask, which would be, be cool. <laughs> be a dramatic scene. <laughs> yeah. Big dramatic scene. And then he put, but he puts all on the mask and um, at this point, Revan and Malak are kind of like gray Jedi. Gray Jedi are neither good nor bad. Um, and they are, uh, 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 at this point, the, the Sith start taking over the, the galaxy. That'd be kind of like the... They take out Mandalore because they think that that's going to, you know win the war for them and then it's revealed that that was never the key and because of the jedi decisions they decide to leave the jedi and then they're maybe approached by a sith i don't know something like that um but also one of the things that i think they should really do in this first movie is um really have a lot of antagonists role in it both basically um, showing some of the um, 
character building for um, uh, for Candorous. I think that would be really cool if they could throw that in there on the first movie. Star Wars always needs a strong bad guy. I mean, remember, A New Hope opens with Vader. You see him first, you know? And uh, it definitely needs a strong bad guy. And Knights of the Old Republic has several really good candidates for that. Yeah, and I feel like they could make Candorous for the purpose of the story, they could make Candorous um, a, a, a really good, like, you know, lieutenant to Mandalore. So he's like right under there and he, they, he's part of when Mandalore, uh, the, the Mandalorian homeworld falls and everything. I think that would be really cool. And of course they're going to have to throw in some, the Mandalorian tidbits like Baskar steel and stuff like that. <laughs> it would be a pretty cool tie in to the Mandalorian. I yeah. Mean, that's popular right now. They would yeah. give their sayings that like what they're doing in the Mandalorian they're trying to resurrect what the ancient Mandalorians were. Well, let's see a movie about the ancient Mandalorians. And so then they, that, that that's, that's movie one movie two would be the first half of Knights of the old Republic. Um, Bastila saves this young, young Jedi that's lost his memory. And um, she, they, they, her, them and Karth, they end up on on the one planet, and then uh, Basila gets you know captured. So the young Jedi and 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 Karth have to rescue Bastila. Um, and then uh, uh, Malik destroys um, the planet that they were on. They just narrowly escape with the Ebon Hawk. The Ebon Hawk's awesome. The Ebon Hawk is a is a cool ship, and I mean that's it's... another key element of Star Wars. There needs to be a really cool ship that they drive around in. Right. And the Ebon Hawk was. One. Yeah. The uh, and so uh, so they they're 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 doing that. They 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 go through that whole whole thing. They meet the Jedi Council. Um, you know the the young Jedi is you know you know, completes his training and everything. And then they end up running into Malik again on one of the worlds, trying to find the star forge, you know, cause remember the star forge, that's another big element is, you know, the death star like weapon. Oh, they should throw some of that in the first one too. They should throw mm. some of the star forge element in there because that's one of the reasons why they, they they left the Jedi Order was because they decided that they were going to start looking for the Star Forge. So anyway, anyway, so that would be a good, you know, second movie. Um, yeah, and does it, the second movie end with the big reveal? Yeah, the second movie would end with Malak revealing to the young Jedi that he's Revan. Yeah. That Bastila and the Jedi Council wiped his memory. That's why he lost his memory. Because, yeah, reasons. Bastila <laughs> never told you who Revan really was. It's you. <laughs> now, the only thing is, is they're going to have to, they're going to have to take some of the elements from the first half of the game 
into and put it into the second one um put it into the last half because that last half needs to be exciting so so i think uh i it has i would say in some way the story of kotor is rehashing the original trilogy in a way it has a partially robotic bad guy who is giant and imposing he is perhaps a darth vader stand-in it has the big reveal that somebody isn't who you think they are, and it's you. You know. <laughs> well, eh. there, there. Here's the another. Here's something that that this one has that the original trilogy doesn't. There's no emperor. Right. Right. There. The, not the, until two. No, but that's <laughs> not a, until that, Kotor two. But that's the thing, though. You find out. Okay. So so bear with me. You find out that Malik isn't Darth Vader, or rather, you think he's Darth Vader, and he is. That you, in fact, were the Emperor, and he was your Darth Vader, and, and they kicked you out, and they kicked you out, yeah. and he became the Emperor, and you are now the. See, this is one of the reasons why uh, I actually liked the new trilogy because I love the KOTOR story so much that Kylo Ren reminded me a lot of Darth Revan, which kind of, I, I'm really glad that there was an actual redemption arc to Kylo Ren, just like Darth Revan. Going back on what I was saying before, that on one hand, yes, a lot of these elements are familiar. There's a giant space station. There's a, a that's no moon. partially robotic. That's a space needle. <laughs> there's a partially robotic bad guy. There's somebody who isn't who they think they are. Yes, those are rehashing, but I think those story elements are the fabric of Star Wars. That without those things, um, it's not the same. That's that is the part that makes it Star Wars. In in that same respect, too. I mean, we're also talking about it's not like that. There's a lot of elements in all movies that are the same, over, over and over and over yeah. and over. These again. are these are major story archetypes that we see in all media, going back to ancient Roman tales. You know. Yeah. So, um, one of the reasons why I'm wearing this i haven't commented this. on it yet <laughs> and this so there's a reason why i think that this is absolutely plausible because the game was made by bioware bioware is a subsidiary or or actually is owned by ea so that means that the koto uh, the the knights of the old republic um rights are owned by ea however who makes all of the Star Wars games lately? It's it's you know it's it's right it's right it's right there. What does that say? What does that say? Is it is can you read that, Alex? Is it, what do you see that is is it right there? Um, TA. Yeah. Okay. TA. I, I was gonna say Ubisoft. So EA, they have a very good relationship with Disney and the the Star Wars IP. So 
these rewrites and the rights to that story is totally within grabbing of Disney. So I think that I know it's it's I know it's just a hope, but I really hope that they make this movie there are this trilogy of movies because Ryan Johnson's idea was horrible. <laughs> That's why he's out. You know, I, I'm not going to say that I don't have hope for Favreau and Taika Waititi's um, ideas, you know, for like a trilogy. But why not go with the story that they already know is going to be better than better than the last tr trilogy of movies the new trilogy i mean it was a it was a b trilogy at best you know um i mean i enjoyed it but i also enjoy a lot of dumb things i'm a geek so that's what i do <laughs> it's even aside from the specifics of how they do it or exactly what the story is about really anything in the old republic era would put Star Wars into vastly new territory. And I think that's what they need. That is what they need. That is what they need very much. It could, I, I should hope, it would renew confidence in Star Wars because I feel like just the fan community lacks that right now. Right. Is, is confidence that they can make a good one. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I mean, I, I really want them to do great, but I mean, I'm, I'm a Star Wars fan through and through. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Kotor rocks. If you've never played it, ah, you're missing out. Yeah. So, all right. Well, um, okay, Alex, your geek out. <laughs> uh, well, we're kind of running up on time here. Uh, seven seven thirty four. Yeah, that's true. I was gonna talk about Pokemon Snap, but okay, we're gonna end the stream. Thank you for listening to RGCWV or, or watching watching RGCWV Random Geek Culture in West Virginia. I am your host, Luke Hersey. This is my co-host, Alex McLean. I wanted to talk about Pokemon Snap. We'll talk about it on the audio portion. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, have a good night, guys. Uh, reach out to me on uh, email, uh, randomwvgeek at gmail.com. Uh, hit us up on Linktree or wherever. It's all in the comments section. Hit the like or the subscribe if you're new here. And we'll see you later. Smell you later, meatbag. <laughs> oh man so we're still recording audio so yeah yeah <sighs> so uh so anyway um pokemon snap oh yeah i don't really have a lot to say about <laughs> it to be honest um and i, I know we had we had talked uh, on the phone before but you know for for the podcast I, I have my concerns that it's a game that's seen through rose-colored glasses today, these days, that 
I I have my worries that this new game will not be as popular as people think it, it, it was going to be. Um, I mean, it's what fans have been asking for for years and years and years, and I'm surprised it took them this long to do it. I I just have my worries that it's going to be a letdown. So I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about this, and I've been holding it under my hat, but I just took it off, so now oh, it's out uh, in the world. Okay. Is it lice? No. <laughs> Um, do you remember Labo? Yeah, I never fooled with it, but... Do you remember that there was a camera attachment? Mm -hmm. A camera thing? I bet you that there will be added functionality if you have the camera Labo. And there will be an even possible Labo Pokemon Snap bundle. Hmm. Tell me you're not intrigued. Tell me you're not intrigued. That is interesting. Would that not be cool if you actually had the the one Joy-Con hooked up on the side for the gyro so then you're moving it around like you're looking through the lens of a camera? And then you're focusing. Tell me you're not intrigued. That that is, yeah, I hadn't thought about this before, but that was the purpose of the labo was to make really uh, what's the word for it modular functionality to the controllers. Right, right, and see that's the thing with the with the Joy Cons. There is, there's so many sensors in there. They, that's how Labo is possible. And I'm going to have to say that if they don't do that, I would be super disappointed because it seems like a no-brainer, right? <laughs> if they, I mean, because this is, this, is, this is from the Pokemon company. And the Pokemon company has like, oh, like they are like, of all the third parties, they're practically Nintendo. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're... Right? It's... Isn't it still... I'm trying to think. Yeah, Pokemon is the most selling media IP in the world. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, most selling... Right. Most selling media... Uh, you, you know, we'll just, we'll just say it's close. Which is what yeah. we 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 know it's up there. Yeah, I we know it's up there. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's a juggernaut of of media in general. So yeah, I that is a cool idea. I I hadn't considered this. Yeah, and I think I like I like I was saying. I feel like that's a no brainer. But. Nintendo has a way of snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, though. <laughs> right? They just announced the other day that they're thinking about not doing Nintendo Directs anymore. And I'm like, mm -hmm. not only were you guys right, but everybody else is emulating you now. And now that everybody's doing what you're doing, you're like, oh, let's do something different now. Yeah, I don't understand them sometimes, but... Uh... 
Yeah, I I think that's that's just my concern. It's not that I I don't hope this happens, but mm, Pokemon Snap was really exciting at the time. And I think people who who are younger who don't remember it that way, it was really cool to see Pokemon rendered in 3D because that wasn't something that existed yet. Uh, there was Pokemon Stadium, which I also think was popular for that reason. That was a major reason to see him rendered in 3D. Mm-hmm. A- and then Pokemon Snap. That was that was novelty at the time. They don't have that anymore. There's nothing. There's nothing new being presented in that. I think there's some some nostalgia goggles. So I just was cl- while you were talking, I was clicking around. Did you know that if you hit the two dots up at the top, where it's you know it's got the focus and it's got the more, you can uncheck the box show non-video tar- participants. Oh, and it'll that's get rid- Yeah, I could have been doing that the whole time for the YouTube stream. Because there's an extra person on there. There's no. an extra person on there that doesn't have video. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bella. Hi. Oh, okay. Well, you're not, we're we're not we're not streaming live. I'm still doing the patio podcast recording, but you know, say say hi hi internet. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Alex said hi. And the rest of the internet. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's mostly what I had to say about Pokemon Snap. I don't know if I'll get it. I'll, I'll have to see it played first. I'll have to see some gameplay f- footage first. Um, Not, is let's that really be, a let's, full price game? Yeah, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. Is it a full mm. price game? If it... Oh, it will be. You think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you have to remember, the original Pokemon Snap wasn't a full-price scream, I don't believe. I want to say that it was not full-price. Let me look that up. Let me look that up. Keep talking so the audio portion is not dumb. Uh, Can't talk and type at the same time wait are you um, looking it up now too yeah you look it up you look it up okay um but yeah what what i was saying was like it's it, it doesn't seem like a huge game experience it's the original was relatively short a tremendous amount of replay value but i I would have been a little bit disappointed even back in the N64 days if I had paid full price for a game that you can play in uh, just a few hours, really. You know, uh, I mean, it was cool. I enjoyed every minute of it. It was it was a densely packed experience, but mm, uh, I'm usually not that much of a stickler on short games, but it's a short game. Yeah, um, so it looks like, um, Pokemon, see, I'm seeing, like, I'm not uh, seeing. Oh, you search it and you don't see the original, you see the remake. How much did Games Pass, 
But it, yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll figure that out. Um, I'm not so much concerned with the old one as I as I am the new one. Um, you know, they can easily make a lot of levels to make it a big, uh, full experience, and that would be cool. But I just think it, the novelty won't be there. Right. So I don't know how much it was. I don't. It I would I, take some more looking up, you know. Research. Yeah. Now I do know that N64 games full roll retail was fifty dollars at the time. Um, and I want to say that Pokemon Snap wasn't, but maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Um, so, um, uh, going back to what I was talking about at the beginning, um, Death Stranding. Oh, yeah. So, <sighs> after I finished that game, there's not enough I can say about that game. Like, seriously. I don't... And it makes me actually a little sad for the specific reason of why it got so much hate when it came out. And this has been my argument from the very beginning, is if we keep complaining about groundbreaking games, we're never going to progress. The, the medium is never going to progress. And my hat is off to Kojima for constantly changing the medium. And I'm not just talking about this game specifically, Death Stranding. I'm talking about Metal Gear 1. I'm talking about Metal Gear Solid. I'm talking about Metal Gear 2 and 3 and 4. Yeah, he's always one to really change the medium that he's working on and or transform it rather and he never apologizes for it and even if it becomes a flop when it first comes out he knows he knows that it's going to be revered and i feel like this 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 game death stranding is going to be a cult classic and that's actually where we're starting to get with the genre. When movies first got their start, everybody was seeing everything. But then it got so big. The industry got so big. So what happened was people were not going to go see movies because of this reviewer or that reviewer, or they overheard that it was about this or that or the other thing. And then movie critics were born. And then movie yeah. critics were born, and then on that same turn, cult classics. And I feel like this is going to be revered as a cult classic. We're already starting to see that. What's really funny, though, is because of the current circumstances globally, we are starting to see a flip in mediums. Not every movie, every new movie that's coming out, people are going to see. But there's so many video games coming out now 
that we can all experience them. You, you've heard me say before, one thing that really, really, truly drives me nuts and kind of makes me just disappointed in people in general <laughs> is uh, whenever hate for a piece of media becomes a meme. And then that just becomes the only thing that people were talking about. Mm -hmm. And it's not legitimate criticism. They're not saying it's bad. It's just the joke is to say it's bad. And then that makes the game flop. You know, <laughs> that's the before Luke played it. The only thing I knew about Death Stranding was that it was a really bad game where you just walk. Because that was the only media I had heard was like just jokes on freaking Reddit about it. You mm -hmm. know, and um, that that's that's terrible. That destroys I, good media. I definitely want to do a, a a YouTube live episode about Death Stranding and about the story and kind of an analyzation and not so much spoilers because the PC release is just about to come out and I want to say go out and get it because it's fantastic it is by far not only one of the finest sci-fi stories i've ever experienced but it's also probably one of the best sci-fi games i've ever played and that includes final fantasy 7 i'm not saying it's better than final fantasy 7 don't freak out <laughs> but i'm saying that Final Fantasy VII is not on the same level as this game. It's a di it's a different thing. Final Fantasy VII is a fantastic game. This is an art piece. <laughs> I just I can't. I can't. <laughs> we'll we'll do that next time. We'll do. Yeah, we'll, we'll do. I, I, we'll do I an think, episode. On I think that'll be the next. Get episode. it all out. I think that'll be the next episode. And I'm actually really glad that I played this. Not only just right now, because the PC release is just about to come. I feel like the PC release is going to maybe save this game critically. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I do hope that Kojima is praised on all ends when the dust settles for making a fantastic piece. And that Konami is crying in their shirt right now. You know, shirt up and, you know, <laughs> don't watch my tears. Which, by the way, there's a lot of tears in, in, in Death Stranding. Both on screen and on my face. <laughs> oh, man. This yeah, is fantastic. Um, so, um, I think we've been recording for almost an hour, yeah. um, almost an hour. So, um, I always like to do a little bit longer of a record for our audio listeners, which by the way, thank you guys. If you're listening to this, thank you guys for guys and gals. I'm not going to, I'm not going to just assume but, I mean, statistically, I'm going to assume that only guys listen to us. 
But if you're a girl, please email me and tell me that you listen to the podcast because, you know, I don't know any better. Nobody knows. I don't know stop, unless Tony's talking, talk. Luke. <laughs> it's like watching my face roll down the stairs. Uh, yeah. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't stop watching. Hmm. So, anyway. Thanks for listening. And, Thanks. For- uh, yeah, have a good one. Have a great night. Um, if you like this, you can reach out to me on my email, which I already indicated earlier. But again, that's randomwvgeek at gmail.com. Um, and <clears throat> I am your host, Luke Hersey. This is my co-host, Alex McLean. And welcome to the end. Welcome to the end, meatbag. <laughs> I had to say it again. Waka waka. Ah, <laughs> oh, I love HK. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do.